Welcome to Higher Calling Wildlife with award-winning wildlife journalist Chester Moore. From deep investigations to interviews with top experts, Higher Calling Wildlife is the place to get informed and inspired about all things wildlife. Welcome to Higher Calling Wildlife. This is Chester Moore continuing our conversation with John Tomacek with Texas AgriLife about hog toxicants. In this episode, we're talking about the potential for any hog toxicant to harm other wildlife with my concern, especially being for javelina. The, the application instructions specify that you need to open the, the feeder up, fill it with just corn to get pigs used to using it. Mm-hmm. And then once they're used to using it, you close it and then they will open it and eat out of it. And that is true. But in fact, what we needed was to close the the opening just a little bit more than completely open to get it to where the pigs could see corn, but they had to stick their head in and lift the door just a little bit to get to that bait. And that trained Mm -hmm. them pretty quick. Mm -hmm. That's going to help if this thing comes to market, it's going to help with with efficacy and getting pigs trained. But yeah, Mm -hmm. you had to have something that only pigs could get into. And we didn't have any issues with non-target animals accessing the bait as long as that feeder was working well. Okay, now, my question on non-target animals is several on that, but we'll get to, but there's one that, that with the pig thing that's a special concern to me, and that is javelinas in South Texas. You know, it's a great question. We use this around javelinas, and, mm-hmm. and I've got photos of javelinas sleeping around the feeder, mm-hmm. but not able to get into it. Because, you know, I mean, there's parks and wildlife studies showing that, you know, in 1930, javelinas are all the way to Oklahoma. Now they're south of San Antonio. Sure. And even that, you know, I know I've been on hunting ranches where they were like, you know, shoot all the javelinas. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's I'm not going to do that. You know, I, no, if I kill yeah. a javelina, I'll kill one to eat, you know. Right. And, and I remind everybody, since you brought it up and mm-hmm. since we're on this, this particular radio broadcast, javelinas are a game animal game in animal. Texas yep. with... You know, you, you've got limits, you've got a, and, and most importantly, you have the impetus on you to make use of the edible parts of that animal. Absolutely. So it is, it is not okay to shoot one and let it lay. And we don't have the damage issues with javelinas that we do with pigs. That, that animal is meant to be here. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're, exactly. na- they're a native game. And, okay. um, and, you know, if maybe if you're not familiar with deep South Texas or Trans-Pecos hunting, you've never come across a javelina, right. but they are a native animal. And that was one of my concerns because of their, they have a lot of the same dietary yeah, stuff yeah, absolutely. And, and behavior absolutely. and things like that. Yep. We, we worried about that too. And, and honestly, that's one of the great things about this trial because we ran placebo versions of the bait before we used the, the quote unquote hot product, you know, the toxic mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. So it's, everything's the same, just no toxicant in it. And that was one of our question was, you know, are we going to have issues with javelinas learning how to open these doors? Mm-hmm. We didn't have that issue. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I, I really want to emphasize with folks. You know, they were there, they were around it, but once pigs were using it, we didn't have any issues with happies getting into it. And again, you, you remind folks, they are a native game animal. Native game animal. That animal can be delicious when prepared correctly. So mm-hmm. don't, don't listen to the old, old wisdom of, you know, Oh, you, you cook a, you know, javelina backstrap and a board and you throw yeah. it in that strap and eat the board. No, nah, that's, that's not true at all. No, I think they're amazing animals, and that's that was that's one of my primary concerns in the beginning. But hog toxins, I'm like, oh lord, right? Some of these, oh, yeah, you know, some sure. of these places down there now with javelina obviously being more like that. What about um, how like 
crumbs of this getting out and you know, birds or maybe even turkeys or deer or something? What, what right, were some that, of the results of that? That's a great question. So we, we actually kept a pretty close eye on, on the kind of the crumbles and the crumbs that were out there. Yeah. Pigs are remarkably efficient at cleaning this stuff up. There was so little out there. Mm-hmm. We had a hard time finding it. We had to get, and, and I'll use these units of measure since we're on this broadcast. I had to get out my reloading scale to measure it in grains because it was so light. The amount mm-hmm. we could find. So we're picking it up with tweezers and mm-hmm. putting it in a, in a dish. Very, very little left. And the thing about this chemical that I would remind you also, it is it is not acutely toxic. Mm-hmm. So you actually have to eat doses of this over several days and you have to eat a fair amount of it to have any effect. Uh, the The data that the manufacturer published was something, you know, with wild turkeys, for example, mm-hmm. a, a wild turkey would have to eat 20 pounds of this stuff a day for several days. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think a turkey's capable of doing that. No. But, but we did not have really any issue with much in the way of crumbs out there. The stuff mm-hmm. was cleaned up pretty efficiently. Now, something that's coming back in Texas, especially in the Trans-Pecos and the Northeast Texas, is black bears. Mm-hmm. Um, was, there any, was there any of this put out in an area where there are potential black bear encounters with it? So that's a great question. This, we, we have never solved the issue of a pig specific feeder that bears can't get into because yeah. of bears dexterity. Mm-hmm. So we specifically did not use this product around bears. Now we were mm-hmm. in regions of the state where there are bears, mm-hmm. but we were very diligent ahead of time, making sure there were no bears out there. Mm-hmm. No one had seen a bear. There was no bear sign. And what we told the, the landowners, the applicators was mm-hmm. if for some reason there's any indication of a bear around, you shut it down. Mm-hmm. And that was, and again, to emphasize, we didn't have any bears around, but mm-hmm. even if a bear had gotten in, a single feeding would not be enough to hurt it. Now, a question that I've gotten several times since this was been brought up is about like hog goes in a couple of times, eats some of this stuff, hunter shoots the hog. And uh, what are the chances of having problem with, you know, consumption of the meat? And how long would it take for the meat, the fat to get blue? So the fat turns blue, to be honest with you, within hours. Um, And that's that's not from our work. That was from some work that the manufacturer did up in the Mm -hmm. panhandle a few years back. Interesting. Um, But it turns blue very, very fast. Wow. Uh, And and pretty noticeably so. I was shocked. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would also emphasize that we did not evaluate residues of warfarin in meat. Um, what I can tell you about the chemical itself is that mm-hmm. it is processed pretty darn quickly by the liver. Mm-hmm. And from studies that have been done actually in Europe of all places, there's not a lot of warfarin or anything like that that shows up in, mm-hmm. in muscle and meat. Mm-hmm. But again, we didn't look at any of that. We weren't, uh, that was not just within the scope of our study, but that is one of those things that if folks are concerned about, the blue dye is there, right? And the blue dye is going to be obvious. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of um, del- the delivery system here, is this something that's going to be like legislated or regulated that you have to use certain kind of delivery systems? So, you know, remember this product got an EPA registration back in 2017, and that mm-hmm. EPA label specifies the feeder apparatus. Okay. So like it wouldn't be legal just to chop it up and put it in a regular deer feeder or something. Right. So EPA registration is pretty clear on that. And mm-hmm. and again, this is one of those where you've really got to train pigs to use it. So mm-hmm. I would emphasize to people, not only would that be a violation, there's no state label right now. That's that's Texas Department of Ag's business. We, we don't know what that may or may not look like. Mm-hmm. But just from a federal label perspective, that would not be OK. But it also wouldn't be effective. You would just be mm-hmm. throwing money out. 
Well, well, I got you on the line. You probably know a little bit about it. I know that, you know, LSU just got a patent for um, a, a sodium nitrate, like a gummy bear type application thing. Mm. Um, can you just talk a little bit about difference between what the sodium nitrite um, type of uh, poison versus like warfarin in terms of how it works and that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. So sodium nitrite, uh, the mode of action on that active ingredient is that it it converts hemoglobin into methemoglobin. So it takes your red blood cells and it strips off the ability to carry oxygen. So you mm -hmm. essentially die from oxygen deprivation. Mm -hmm. Now, because of that mode of action, it is an acute toxicant, meaning you can eat enough in one sitting to walk away and die pretty quickly. Hmm. And that was a problem that they that has been run into in some trials on sodium nitrite in the U.S., mm -hmm. specifically with migratory birds as well as game birds. They killed mm -hmm. some turkeys that way. Um, with warfarin, it is not an acute toxicant. So you've got to eat it over several days. Mm -hmm. And it's an anticoagulant, meaning that eventually you have a lack of ability to stop these bleeds, right? So you, so you have these uh, bleeds that occur and eventually you, you die from those. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's just the mode of action there. But again, it takes several days for that to occur with this low dose warfarin, just because of the fact that the body can overcome some of that. And it takes time for the body's ability to manage that to be overwhelmed. This season is brought to you by BAC Shows. Go to BACshows.com for information on great boat, sport, and RV shows in East Texas and Louisiana. And don't forget, Higher Calling Wildlife is brought to you by Texas Fishing Game. Go to fishgame.com to connect. Thanks for listening to Higher Calling Wildlife. Find us on Facebook at Higher Calling Wildlife, at The Chester Moore on Instagram, and our blog at highercalling.net. To contact Chester, email chester at chestermore.com.